Hello and welcome to this podcast from the Podnuts World Service. Please let us know what you think and tell other people about us on social media. Podcasts from the Podnuts World Service are supported by Podnutsians and advertising. Hey, hey, Podnutsians. Welcome to DDG episode 14. I want to again take a quick time out just to thank everyone on the network, to thank uh, Jeff, Paco, Marvin, be everybody who's doing help. Um, uh, I really uh, appreciate guys like uh, Matthew Fuzzle, uh, Chuck Green. Um, awesome support to the network is what, I'll, is what I want to start out with. But when I say support, it really does entail a broad spectrum of types of things. Um, I'm not, uh, somebody who believes in donation shaming. Okay. Quick rant. Donation shaming is what I hear a huge amount of podcast doing. Uh, and I really don't like it whatsoever. Um, I will say, again, I'm weird. I subscribed to over 140. Now I believe it's 150 something podcast. So I'm weird. I know that. I'm exposed to everything at a much higher degree than everyone else, which changes my perception. And as I've said on this show before, perception is reality. Now, with that said, the um, um, pledge shaming, the donation shaming I'm hearing on a lot of podcasts is extremely um, uh, distasteful, classless. I don't like, I don't appreciate, I don't want, I don't need, I don't think is right, I don't believe is right to actually foster a good community. Community is not about how much money you give, nor should it ever be focused around how much money you give. Um, I listened to a broad range of podcasts again, and on one of them, they literally try to say, everybody who donates under a certain amount, you do it for reasons of anonymity. Anonymity. I can't say the word, but you know what I mean which I think is a horrible, disgusting lie to say to people on the show. And for no one that at least I'm aware of uh, listening to the show ever challenging that statement to me is just an example. And here's the thing. It's an example of how um, bad people come into power. Uh, the truth doesn't matter. Again, perception is reality. When I hear those shows say, everybody pledging under a certain amount, you do it for enemy. In- what I hear is, we don't have the time to talk about you people and you people don't have the money to influence our behavior. That's what I hear. And there's almost nothing that's going to change my opinion on that. Uh, They're clearly donation shaming. They're clearly trying to peer pressure people to donate more money. Um, Then we have um, the live streamer crew, which I think is among the most disgusting form of human being I've seen here in recent time where they'll go on and on and on and on and on about how you don't need to donate, you don't need to donate, you don't need to donate. Then when someone donates, they absolutely go crazy. Uh, you know, they um, they get like animations that happen. The people say ridiculous things about like thanking them for their donation, which is like extremely oxymoronic. And for people to accept it as normal behavior, I, I find quite shocking. Um, um Donation shaming should be the last thing any content creator should even attempt to do. All you should attempt to do is just create a community, create friendships. And this was, and this is what I think is very clear to me. 
Um, the people who do donation shaming are never creating content to try to make friendships. They're not actually trying to make connections in this lifetime. They're literally just trying to get the money to do stupid things. Um, money is not the source of happiness or the source of evil or anything else. There is no such thing as good as good or evil. Everything is a shade of gray. Um, and to donation shame people while creating content, I find to be really absolutely disgusting. I would much rather listen to, and here's an example I'm going to use, the um, podcast uh, tech stuff. Uh, the podcast tech stuff has a host, Jonathan Strickland. Um, I'll, I'll say this. He's a nerd, and I appreciate that out of him. Uh, there's a uh, no question where his passion resides. His ads are soulless. Um, they don't sound believable. They don't sound credible. They sound like he's selling something. He has no idea what he's talking about. I'd rather hear those ads than I hear donation shaming in a podcast. Um, that's how bad I don't, that's how much I don't like donation shaming. And then here's the thing. I'm not going to say that I'm completely innocent of ever doing it. I try not to do it. I know on Android app addicts, at least once or twice, we've at least skirted the edge of it to where it could be controversially uh, commented, suggested that we did donation shaming. But I tell you, I try not to do it. And these shows that do it incessantly, <clears throat> and that's the whole thing, nonstop, those are the ones that drive me absolutely nuts. And the fact that 99% of these podcast creators, when you try to contact them, they don't even acknowledge your existence. And yet people keep, I mean, I know it's a panhandler type mentality. There's two types of people who do Patreons or pledges or donations. There's the kind of person that literally just wants to flick a quarter in a cup and keep walking. Just keep walking. Just, I did my part. I did my part. Get away. I did my part. Get away. I did my part. Get away. Kind of attitude, and that's fine. But you also have the kind of person who literally wants to flick a quarter in the cup, but then sit down and actually hold a conversation with you. Now, look, I like support of any type. I like support of any measure. I like support of any means. Whatever, however you define support. <clears throat> Again, perspective is reality. However you design However you define support is what matters. And that's all that I really want is I want people to support those who support them. Support those who support you. Help those who help you. Be there for those who are there for you. Yeah, so I don't like the idea of donation shaming. Um, I, think it's, I think it really literally is morally wrong to do so. But that's just me. And um, I know I'm not in the majority because I hear how much some of these entities are making and it shocks me it literally shocks me the example i'm going to use is that we we get into this positive reinforcement like bubble this spin this mental state kind of thing um and you don't really realize it and then you just start to donate and because you want to be part of the crew it's a bias we all have these pre cons uh, we, we all have these biases that we're vulnerable to is the way i put it I want to do a thing on biases, but it's really hard to. There's a lot of them. But like, here's an example. My son, I love my son dearly, 13 years old. He has in the past multiple times clicked subscribe and clicked donate while watching a YouTube chat. And then when I tell him, now get the money back, he can't because the people who he donated to will not even acknowledge his existence. So then my son is one of the people who really wants to flick a quarter in the cup and keep walking. I don't understand that. And I don't understand how it's okay to give people, because here's the whole thing. Uh, you can give people time 
because it's going to be a learning experience and hopefully a two-way learning experience, at least traditionally, not in this digital world, but traditionally. Uh, to just give someone money is to basically empower people uh, in a very unique way these days is what I'm going to say. And I, and I explained to my son, not only will the person not even acknowledge your existence, but that was their goal the entire time was to just shame people into giving money, acting stupid, what they think funny, because the definition of funny has changed throughout the generations a whole lot. But doing what they think is funny, which I consider to be incredibly stupid, pointless, meaningless, childlike, and ignorant is uh, the way I put it. And then my son donates money because he found it funny. And I understand him wanting to support somebody who he finds funny, but I try to explain to him how he does not understand what a dollar actually means yet because he's still just earning allowance. And that's the thing I want to try to get through to him is the actual value of money. And then I told him, when you do find people that you want to support, this is the only thing I ask, is that you try to communicate with them. And if they communicate with you back, then we can start the process of, you know, uh, supporting them. But like he, he has used this application Super Chat and he's put in his cards information. But no, so now me being a nerd, me nerd, me king nerd, hi, me nerd. Now I know if that system gets hacked, which the only question is when will they get hacked, that they have, now they have my son's card information, which means he's going to need a new card. And I know a lot of people out there will say, well, everything gets hacked all the time. You just get a new card and get over it, blah. I know, but the whole point is to not be the low-hanging fruit where your card is getting uh, is part of an ecosystem that every three or six months gets hacked. You want to minimize your attack plane. You want that to be as small as possible. So if he wants to donate to these people, we can go take his card, go to our local supermarket where he already goes and buys a soda like once a week, and we can buy a gift card there because they already have his credit card number. That's not increasing the attack plane. We go get one of those gift cards, then we donate via that card because I'm all in favor of, of supporting people. And this is what I tried to explain to him, but I'm not in support of him doing drive-by, giving away money that he really doesn't understand the value of. Um... So I've had a good talk with him. Again, I know that parents push their biases on their children to the nth degree, no matter what it is, no matter what that bias is, whether that be whether that bias is sexism, racism, anti-sexism, anti-racism, whether it be ageism, whether it be religious uh, belief, whether it be a, a cultural norm that really has no basis. In fact, I mean, we all do these things to our children. I'm literally trying to measure the ones that I'm pushing on to my children. And I'm really thinking that the ones that I'm trying to push the most are the ones to make him more human and less anti-human is the way I put it. Because um, we have lots of freedoms in this life. Some people abuse those freedoms to where I'm not sure they should be part of humanity, which is, of course, a very strong statement to make. Uh, I'm not for murder. I'm not for genocide. I'm not for any of that. There are some people where I think natural selection is a healthy uh, option for their exit out of this existence we call life, because that's why we have a thing called natural selection. That's why the term exists. And now a word from our sponsor. Hello and welcome to this podcast from the Pod Nuts World Service. Please let us know what you think and tell other people about us on social media. Podcasts from the Pod Nuts. World Service are supported by Podnutsians and 
advertising. Did you guys actually believe I was going to go to a sponsor? My goodness. Okay. Um, now, what I want to really talk about really quick is distractions, what I call the three Ds. Okay. It's not a 3D printer, though. Sorry, Liam. Sorry, Aaron, Chad, um, Brett, James, Jonas, Knucklehead Tech, Eric Sauce, Eric Ardini. I miss all those guys. I'm not going to lie. I'm, not, I, I'm, I'm so tired. I just have a hard time doing that show now. Um, but the three Ds that I'm talking about are depression, distractions, and death. Um, but before I say that, here's another bias that we're like blind to. Um, the example I'm going to use, I want to say it was war, uh, World War II airplanes coming back, landing, and the ones that didn't come back, you know, they sent people to try to determine where do we need to put more armor on the planes to make the things, you know, have more of them come back and land because we were having too many uh, exploding while in flight kind of thing being shot down. And the first couple of people who looked at the planes that came back saw where the holes were and decided, let's put armor where the holes are. But you can't cover a plane completely in armor, long story short, too heavy. Okay, So they just had to put it in certain areas. So the people that said, well, let's put it where the holes are, uh, come to find out, didn't help at all. Didn't help at all. The actual rate and ratio and percentage of planes shot down remained about exactly the same. And they couldn't understand why. And it's because of their cognitive bias of not understanding that we only are seeing the evidence that we can see. We don't see the other evidence. We don't see the absence of evidence. And the absence of evidence in this case is we don't get to examine the planes that are shot down. So what they, so what the next group of people did, the next guys did, was they said, let's see the planes that come down. Let's see where the holes are at. Now let's see where there are no holes and let's put extra armor there, which is a very counterintuitive thing to do. But then, the, but then the ratio and percentage of planes that came back increased. Okay, This is what I love about science. You cannot say it's wrong. It's been tested. It's been proven. It's been verified. That's how they increased the rate of planes coming back was by putting armor on places where they witnessed no shots being taken. Because we didn't get to see the evidence of the planes that got shot down. So we have to try to defer how that information came to be. Same thing with life. We only get to see, get to witness, get to imagine, get to be a part of everyone else that's been born. What we don't really understand is that we all already hit the best lottery that can exist. There is no greater prize in any type of lottery versus being given life. Um, because, you know, there are technically more genetic possibilities for human beings then there has been human beings ever existed. I want to say it's times a million. It's some insane number, which literally means there's a likelihood that when the human race stops, we're going to have huge amounts of possibilities, probabilities that never existed. So we, by being here on this day, on, you know, in this planet, in this solar system, in this arm of this galaxy, in this quadrant of this universe blah 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 us actually just being here we already hit the insanest most crazy lottery that ever existed and without sounding dumb we need to be grateful for that we need to recognize that as that that's a really good thing and the reason i say that's because it's very easy for people to fall into the opposite side of the spectrum which is everything that is alive will die and death it, when you know death is inevitable, 
I think depression can also come along with. So when someone is the, you think is depressed, there has to be a way to remind them that they are already really lucky just to be here, just to be given the opportunity to feel kind of, kind of thing. Um, because death is inevitable. Depression, it seems, again, it depends on how we uniquely define it and how I define it is a pretty strong term. Um, distraction. I purposely threw the word distraction in there because I want to remind myself, because I listen to these shows too, people. Um, distraction is not a negative word. Yes, it's primarily used with negative tones, but it's not a negative word. You can have positive distractions. And what I'm finding is the less I'm depressed, the more distractions that are taking up my brain cycles, if you will. Um, like right now, I'm literally downloading a 200 video playlist with my YouTube DLG. Thank you, Martin Winpress. I salute you, Martin Winpress. You did good with this. I know all your, all our package maintainer, whatever you, but you're doing good. Um, YouTube DLG is a graphical interface on the Linux desktop or, and Android, uh, to be able to instantaneously download video or audio from YouTube. You can take the video, save it as audio, or you can save it as video. I'm downloading 200 plus Richard Feynman lectures. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to convert them to audio and, uh, have them both video and audio available to me, blah, 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 blah. Um, Richard Feynman, unbelievably interesting fella. Is the only way I can put it. I mean, we've all heard the names Carl Sagan. We've all heard the names Albert Einstein. We've all heard the names Neil deGrasse Tyson. We've all heard Bill Nye. Oy vey. We all need to know Richard Feynman more than, let's say, you know, Bill Nye. Um, uh, like Hawkins level. Uh, unbelievably smart. Richard Feynman, really smart and really had a really good way to me of defining things. And I think these are good distractions. We all have different distractions that we think, you know, can capture us. And I listen to 150 plus podcast. Honestly, part of the reason I listen to that many is because it's a distraction. It keeps my mind busy. It keeps me thinking about other things. It challenges me. Um, I'm literally like uh, downloading number 127 out of 200 video form default. Let's see how big this is. Uh, three, oh no, 6.7 gigs. See, that's too big. We're going to have to figure a way to shrink that. Um, yeah, so, you know, I, I encourage people focus on non-destructive habits. And literally, I these are the kinds of conversations I have with my kids. And I'm not sure if they're good or not, people. Um, I asked my youngest uh, and oldest separately to define how do you define addiction? And they both basically said, well, it's something you can't stop doing. And I said, well, I'm going to add this to it. And I just went on for a little bit. And I said, to me, an addiction is something that is incredibly difficult to say no to incredibly easy to say yes to. Um, you find yourself doing without thinking and potentially damaging because to me that's one of the one of the indicators to me of the word addiction is is it damaging is it positive or, or negative because we as i think you know human beings have nothing but addictions we are repetitive pattern recognizing machines and some of us are pattern uh doing machines you know we have addictions um some more than others. Some of us are genetically predisposed, aka weaker, to some sorts of addictions versus others. 
But I said to my both, both my kids, here's the way I see if I have an addiction. Can you say no for like three days or five days to something? And if the answer is no, you cannot say no to that, then maybe you shouldn't say yes to it either kind of thing. And after talking to them for a couple minutes, they both, I think, got what I was trying to say. So my youngest is going to try to go without YouTube for like three days. And my oldest, we have to talk about what he's going to try to stop to do. because. And, and I told him like this, it isn't good or bad. It's just r- realizing you, realizing your potential, realizing your weaknesses, r- realizing your likes and dislikes, realizing what you are capable of or not capable of is what this really was an experiment in ourselves. And, you know, for me, addiction um, can be beer, which is why I constantly go three plus months without drinking any alcohol. Uh, it could be my vaporizer, uh, which has no nicotine in it most of the time. And I constantly go a couple of days without puffing on it. Or, or it could be podcast. Oh, man, I went there. So the question is, am I going to be able to stop listening for whatever number of days and keep moving forward? And here's the thing. To me, it's hard to say if something is actually damaging to you. And if it's an addiction, you know, is it damaging to you? It's hard to see it with your own eyes to me, unless you stop for a little bit and then start it back up and then try to like feel the differences kind of thing. It's really difficult to have that first person view on things and to be purely um, fair and non-judgmental or biased in your decision on things. Uh, That's why I like taking the break from things and then trying to figure out what they are to me. Uh, life is kind of like a game like that where you have to, you know, figure out the best way to roll the dice to see if you can get, you know, snake eyes or box cars or something. I really do want to thank everyone for their support again. And I'll say this, uh, I have had a hard time, uh, communicating with some people on some medias mediums, I'm going to say. Um, and I don't know why, um, some people might say midlife crisis. Some people might say, uh, male menopause. I don't even know. That's what I'm saying. Um, I'll just say I've had a hard time sometimes sitting down and concentrating, open up emails and responding. Um, if you listen to this show and you need somebody to talk to, do not hesitate literally in the subject line, just say, I need somebody to talk to or something like that. You can easily email me at mail at podnuts.com door door geek at gmail.com. You can leave us a voicemail at seven Oh seven, six podnut. Uh, if you want to see me doing different types of content with different uh, things going on, you have to let me know. Um, I'm literally going to attempt to uh, record a Linux for the rest of us here tonight. I will say there's not going to be a lot to talk about because Linux is dead for end consumers. It's just so boring. The, the news is dead. The activity is dead. The excitement is dead. It just is a thing now. Um, but if you want to talk to me, you want to communicate with, with me, uh, you know, just let me know email me or tweet me or voicemail or something like that. Uh, I want to thank everyone again for their support and I will talk to everyone again real soon. My name is Jeff Houch. I'm the host of Podnuts, the computer repair podcast, where we take live calls on the air to answer your questions on running and operating your computer repair business every Sunday at 4 p.m. Eastern. You can check it out over at podnuts.com forward slash computer repair podcast live. Music provided by Steve Cherubino at stevecherubino.com.